Hello. I'm just, just going to be mad this entire episode. Hello, governors. Hello, governors, and welcome to Care for Free. I'm Emily. I'm David. Our guest producer this week is a fine old chap, a right jolly <laughs> sot. You know, right, right old chap from Kensington Gardens. Kensington, eh? Gardens. Kensington Gardens. It's Zachary Daniels. Do, do either of you know where Kensington Gardens is? I'm yeah. just curious. Yeah, it's in London. <laughs> okay, oh, that's a specific It's on right, the west fine. side of London. That's better, thank yeah. you. I yeah. wonder how you know that it's on the west side of London. Because on on west side of London, born and raised, <laughs> west side of London town. on a jolly old playground is where I spent most of my days in my Chilling youth. Out, Max and relaxing all cool. shooting the basketballs outside of the skew. Outside of that Kensington Gardens Kensington. Elementary. Neither of you can pick an accent. Pick one. What Kensington is... Gardens. No, this is no. <laughs> Uh, okay. Zach's here. What up? And we're happy about it. Are you? Yeah. Yes. No, I'm super excited. This okay. This is good. It's This is our earliest recording. No, it's just not. Just after we've, eight. We've done four before this. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I love Zach being here. This is so exciting. This is our, the earliest in the morning we've recorded. Not wrong. Yeah. So I've got my... Elastigirl yeah. mug here, which yeah. legally cannot say Elastigirl because Marvel owns Elastigirl, so my mug says Mrs. Incredible, but they were allowed to use Elastigirl for the movie. They can, just couldn't have it on any of the merchandise. Can we say Elastigirl? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because oh, Marvel was like, you can call her Elastigirl in the movie, but you can't put that on any of the merchandise. And I'm interested to see if... Oh, I guess that's not a thing for this one. I guess they can put Elastigirl on everything yeah. for Incredibles 2 because Marvel is owned by... Disney. Disney now. But, oh, Pixar is also Disney. Mm-hmm. Yep. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really yeah. not good. <laughs> there was a, maybe I'll talk about this at some great. point, but there was a big, like, Pixar-Disney struggle in the early days, like Toy Story 2 days, mm-hmm. where Pixar was like, we don't want to be owned by Disney, and Disney was like, but we want to own you. Yeah. <laughs> Guess who won? It looks, like, it, it looks, like, it looks like Disney won. Yeah. Uh, my friend, I'm trying to remember... I think it is my friend Raquel Cable, loyal listener and delightful human being, who calls this my angry mom mug, but it might also be Alyssa Boutel, one-time producer, occasional listener. It could be both, because it it is something of an angry mom mug. Yeah, it's got Elastigirl kicking, and it says stretch to my limits, and she's like (sighs) kicking, her leg is really stretched out. It's like an angry church mom mug, specifically. (laughs) Yeah, I I just really like Elastigirl. I'm not mad at you. Ugh, and she's going to be the center of Incredibles 2. Very excited about it. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, her movie now. Yeah. Because Holly Hunter excited. is a dadgum treasure, and you're lucky that I'm just not talking about how much I love broadcast news for four hours. Is it her movie now? Well, uh, she's like the superhero. So yeah. I saw that, but my honest concern was, I feel like in the trailer, it was, it, it, it was painted very much like a, she's... Off doing the super mom thing, and I guess been all the time talking about the dad and the kids, which like, yeah, I I, I, I hope I they like, do an equal focus. Yeah, I agree. I was just that's what I was like Toy about. Story three, where it's like Woody. I haven't and... seen. Shut up. Okay, I should have just been quiet. Actually, that's my that fault. You, that's my yeah, fault. Yeah, I should have like, just, okay. just, just nodded. Earlier, I should have just nodded. That's on me. Earlier, I should, I David said 
you're not al- that we're not allowed to say ha- I can't believe you haven't seen blah 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 anymore to him. No, not even I can't believe. Just specifically, how have you not seen this? And I'm like, it's like, it's it it's, it doesn't seem like it's that difficult to figure out how I haven't seen a movie. But Toy Story Three is like a quintessential one. That's like that was the last movie I almost cried to. Yeah, but didn't mm-hmm. it come out like our junior year or something? Yeah, yeah. Of like, high school. Of high school? high school? Yeah. Really? Yeah, because really? it came out my senior year of high school right after I'd graduated because I'm the same age as Andy, summer of 2010. Hmm. I definitely thought it came out while we were in college. Same. You and know I what? remember being like, oh, I, I never saw that movie because I didn't like go watch movies while I was in college. I like didn't go to the movie theater. Yeah. So, I didn't either. I mean, I also didn't do it in high school, <laughs> but I definitely thought it was, but I was more likely to do it in high school than I was in college. So, huh. I oh. hope this is somebody's <laughs> first episode and they're like, hmm. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm sorry that I didn't. Sorry, Governor. Hey, I love your multicolor fly nits, David. Good fly nits. No, pip, no. Pip, pip, cheerio with your fly nits. Man, man, I love these shoes. They're really good shoes. But good. I won't. I won't do it. I won't do anything about that. They're very. Comfy. You're not going to talk about shoes. No. I'll On the try podcast make, today. No, I'll try and make you care about shoes one day, but we'll figure it out. Oh, I need to be on that episode too. I guess. Yeah. But also, don't don't you glare at me. Honestly, can we just have you for every episode? <laughs> We've had great producers so far. Yeah, it's been it's been good. It's been good. Yeah. Yeah, you got to produce. Oh, so aren't y'all supposed to be talking about your days and like Okay, that he's type of stuff? Okay, yeah. he's back to producing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> that worked. <laughs> don't like, we say producer as a joke? Like isn't that uh, I mean, mostly as a joke, but also like I'm taking my role semi seriously. Yeah, yeah. yeah, look and, at that. Yeah, he's producing. It's great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> producing results. Yeah, no, it worked out. Uh, how's your week? It was good. Oh, that's that's all we got. That's it. Yeah, I that's don't. I mean, for? like, what am I? It was fine. Just fine. Okay. Saw Three Amigos with my dad. It was a great movie. I hope I've seen that one. No, I mean, like I hadn't seen it until this week. Well, no, isn't that the one with uh, uh, Chevy Chase and uh, Steve Martin and? Oh boy, I'll be real surprised if you get this third one. Not Paul Simon. Uh, uh, (laughs) Martin Short. That's what. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) It's amazing. Paul Simon's a musician. Yeah, but same height as Martin Short. Okay, is is he really? Okay, because I was like, why on earth did I? Why on earth is that who I went with? (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Maybe I've seen. It. I've definitely seen pieces of that in TV yeah. movie. What's up? Hot take: Simon and Garfunkel better apart. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Um, is that just you saying you prefer Paul Simon, or do you also think Art yeah. Garfunkel has well, done stuff? I uh, prefer Paul Simon, and also Simon and Garfunkel bombs me out to the fullest extent. Why does it bum you out? Since it's in the Graduate, and I find that movie like deeply, like the deepest level of depressing that a movie can possibly be. Okay. Yeah. Wow. All right. And like oh, accidentally dude. depressing. I have real issues with the end of that movie, but oh, that's you, probably you for another like, day. You do not like surprises. No, that's not what I have an issue with. Oh. Okay. I thought that's what you meant by unexpectedly depressing. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't like being surprised with the depression. No. I mean, like that. The end of that. Uh, this is a subject for another day. Another day. day. And this another is great. Day. I will actually probably talk about this. Because <laughs> I'm always like, will we get you? to the night before we're recording, and I'm like, ah, what am I going to talk about? And a person who's interested in everything suddenly has nothing to talk about. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. It's fine. Yes, it's very true. <laughs> wow, very David true. is salty today. So sassy. I guess it's, what time Sass. is it? It's eight. 
I'm not hey, salty 12. or sassy today. What? It's, it's, it seems. Is it? Is it too early? I'm just. Like, it must be too early. <laughs> David's such a late. It's yeah, too early. What? Get out of here. No, I'm not taking that at all. Not from. Not from Emily, who has multiple times like woken up and then just like literally not been able to recognize who I am because she just woke up. Like. I just woke up. <laughs> I really very strongly feel that Andy Samberg weekend update sketch. Did you? Yeah, he's got all the hair on side of his yeah. head. And Seth Meyers is like, this is Liam, a teenager who just woke up. Liam, how are you? And he goes, uh, I just woke up. <laughs> I feel that very strongly. No, that's, that's about right. The that's al- about what happens. Yeah. The alternate personality that takes over my body like 10 minutes before I fall asleep and 10 minutes after I wake up is called Giant Bear, and I'm not responsible for any of his actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm there for almost almost all of that there, sentence. There was a little bit of that sentence where I was like, mm-hmm. But you know, let me guess. It was the live your best life. I guess it was the not responsible for any of his actions part. What a great guess! <laughs> She's so good at so guessing. Perceptive. She's so good at guessing. It's, true, it's wild. Melissa That's crazy. Yeah. She's so Sometimes good at Giant Bear will text people who are making noise in the kitchen and go, "Shut up! I hate you. Move out." That's not very nice. Yeah, that's, no. that's rude. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's not very polite. But it's not me. It's him, man. I can't, can't yeah. control it. I wish I had a giant bear. Yeah, like actually, I just want a giant bear. It's yeah, not just really, to have not a personality thing. Just I want a giant yeah. bear. I remember one time the giant bear was like, "What the heck are you doing here?" And I was like, "What you? You told me to come here." <laughs> and I was, this is I was you. <laughs> I was extremely confused. One of the most confused moments I've ever had. Mm. I was just like, "What you? I was specifically instructed to come to this spot, <laughs> and I've." I've only tried to follow through. Yeah, but Emily told you that. Giant Bear had no knowledge. Yeah, Giant Bear has. <laughs> Apparently, yeah, yeah. you're talking to two different Giant Bear, that's yeah, wild. I messed with Leonardo DiCaprio and The Revenant. Don't come for me. Nice. Did you Did you actually watch that? I can't yes. remember. Yeah, I did. I Because it oh, was her... part of the Best Picture Showcase. That's right. That's so right. I watched mm. all of it. You didn't like it, right? I hated it with the fiery depths of passion of a thousand suns. Oh, <sighs> That's fair. You yeah. Didn't, you just didn't like the bear. That's fine. Not everybody likes yeah, the bears. The bear's my favorite part because I really wanted Leonardo no, no. DiCaprio to die in that movie. Wow. That's, yeah. that's aggressive. The bear and nature I loved because they also wanted him to die. Nature, nature was pretty great in that movie. Nature really wants him to die in that movie. I don't nature know. was pretty neat. Nature. Nature. Oh, nature. nature. I thought uh, you guys were now talking about a different movie called Nature with a bear in it. And I was like, I don't know this movie. <laughs> nature. I have no idea what we're talking about. You should see more movies. Okay. Uh, Enough, be- movies. Yeah, sorry, Enough movies. Enough movies. No David, more movies. How was your week? <laughs> yeah, David. That's good. That's good. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. I will take that from you because I can hear in your voice that that's all you have to say. And I'm not going to make fun of that. That's... <laughs> My week. I mean, so it was the it was the last week before we graduate, right? For sure. And it actually like felt pretty weird, kind of. I don't know. It was like a very strange mood to be in. Where maybe part of it is just because it's been like so you know pedal to the metal for three full years, and I was like this week I was kind of like ah, I just kind of like had things to do, and I had some errands to take care of here and there, but no like real tasks that had to be accomplished, right? Yeah. Um, so it, it felt it did definitely feel a little bit like you're really in a limbo space, which was strange. Sure. Uh, yeah. But 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 it was good, you know. Um, got stuff done. I uh, got my suit tailored for graduation. Mm-hmm. Well, I got the pants hemmed. I didn't get like the whole thing tailored, but so I got the pants hemmed, and um, yeah, life is good. So, so uh, Mr. Permanent Class President, unnecessary. You want to give us a, a preview of your graduation speech? Yeah, I do, do not. Why would I give a preview? It's student elected speaker, just like Elwood. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. It's fine. Whatever. Fine. 
I could edit it out. No. But I, won't. I don't care. Whatever. Oh, I don't care. Yeah. But no, it's whatever. Yeah. Right. No, I mean, the speech, it's no, it's no one's going to cry or anything. You're going to get elected like a... president of America and be like, guys, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> You guys. That that does not seem statistically likely. You're going to get elected prime minister of Britain. You're going to be like, you guys. Oh, you old chaps. Do you get, you don't get elected prime minister, do you? You just get selected by your party. Yeah. Right? Your party Which is still an election of sorts, I guess. But yeah, just just thinking through that piece. Okay. I could be prime minister. That'd be fun. Uh, Legally, can you? Do they have the birth requirement like we do? I I can't imagine they do. What? Be, you, you can't? So? Yeah, I can't I'll, imagine I they don't. Yeah. yeah really? They're... You think so? Yeah. I feel like England, like, I don't know. I, feel, I would be surprised if you, like, had to be born to England to be prime I, I minister. Was... <laughs> yeah, I was like, producers got it. Yeah. Producer Zach. Yeah. Zachy D. Yeah. I bought shoes this week. That's always a good move. Yeah, you did. I bought two pairs of shoes this week. That was, I didn't mean to do that. Are these shoes okay for graduation? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah. We record what white dress this podcast by my shoes. Uh, I'm I'm not wearing I'm wearing my debutante dress. Okay. Yeah. It's a it's a wedding dress. I thought. Is it really? My debutante dress is, but the dress I'm wearing Man. is not. No, I'm not gonna wear that. Your debutante dress is a wedding dress. Yeah, that's what debutante dresses are. Man, mm-hmm. that whole thing is. I don't. I don't. I don't know anything about I that life. Know, I don't know what they're doing I don't in know, North. I don't know East anything Texas, about but that like, world. It's weird. They yeah. do it a, a lot of places. I don't know, man. This debutante thing, was, the, the cotillion, the they do it on. They do it on Gossip Girl, and if anybody here had do. seen Gossip Girl, I, I would. He's seen Gossip Girl. <laughs> seen all of Gossip Girl. I've seen some Gossip Girl. The end of Gossip That's Girl doesn't true. make any sense. That's not true. It's good no that Gossip Dan Girl. pretended to be surprised <laughs> every entire... time he was reading Gossip Girl, <laughs> like, even when he was by himself. He was like, hey, hey Gossip Girl, oh my God, you're saying something about me. You wrote it. Yeah. You... <sighs> Dan really played the long game. Or uh, the writers played no game. <laughs> One of those two. Or they had no plan. No plan. They were yeah, just or like, they were just like, we need more episodes. Uh, <laughs> Let's see how we can finish it now. <laughs> okay, what do we do now? <laughs> Kristen Bell is Gossip Girl. She's she the voice of Gossip Girl for the whole show. Yeah, I know. Really? Yeah, I don't, I don't know why I knew that one, but yeah. Kristen I Bell probably. One. I feel like you have this very odd selective memory about mm-hmm. film and TV. It's less selective memory and more like selective knowledge. exposure yeah, to the yeah. knowledge. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's not like I only remember certain things. Like, but it's just like most stuff is just didn't didn't cross my path. Uh, but every once in a while, something does and it sticks. Yeah, that's you. Cause last it's me. Cause last week you made fun of me for picking up my computer when I wasn't going first. Oh yeah, it is me this week. No, it's me. Mm. Oh yeah, it is you this week. The GT40 was definitely last. Yeah, I remember being yeah, mad it was about Mitchell it and the GT40. You were mad about what were you mad about? That I wasn't on that episode. That's like a perfect <laughs> episode for me, like in terms of like Try. cars and Try. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Try. life. Yeah. Uh, I do think if I end up doing cars again, you're you're gonna have to bear with just a little more car stuff, but we'll see. I even talking about it, it was like. Like, even if it's a thing that you individually wouldn't care about, like, the, the, the narrative of the story requires, I think, a little bit more, like, technical car stuff sometimes, depending I mean, on the car. You but. can try, but you run the risk of me caring much, much less. That's fine. That's yeah. I, I don't really have a problem with that, but, yeah. like, I don't know. Okay. As long as I give so, it a college try, I think I can, I can, 
I can live with that. Yeah. So what is what are you gonna try to make me care about this week? Oh, is it my turn? Are we recording? <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> this episode is going off the rails. Off the rails. I might not edit any of it. I might just send it into the universe. I'm like, oh shoot, we're we're uh, it huh, okay. Has been All right, okay. So we're we're talking. We're talking about things. Uh, okay. Um, you ready for this? Here's my here's my sentence for you. Uh-huh. The spizike includes elements of the two, three, oh four, God. five, six, nine, and twenty. One more time. The spizike includes elements. No, no, no. Of What's the... that word that you're saying? The spizike. One more time. The spizike. Spell it. The spizike. <laughs> Are you intentionally slurring this word? No, it's no, the word. It's the spizike. That, that is actually the word he's let me saying. See the, he's pronouncing. Let me see it spelled. No, first you guess how it's spelled. I can't tell if you're saying the spizike or the spizike. <laughs> Yeah, well, I just want you to guess at how it's spelled. <laughs> no, first of all... What? Never, no! Cooperate! I never learned how to spell anything out loud, so it always takes me a hundred years. That's fine. Two, That's what the editing is no, for. No, this is a trap and a trick. You spell it for me, sir. First you try of all, to get me to No, care. no, first of all, it is not a trap or a trick. It's just good content. Second of all, I will, I will spell it for you per your request after you attempt it. Fine, Part I'll of this is always Google with me. The we always you give said. me your phone. Hey, <laughs> no. <laughs> this is where we always start. But I want to flesh out all of whatever Ew, it is that your understanding say is. Say that word. This is where we start. Where I'm just trying to moist flesh. To, oh my god. <laughs> that's awful. Just trying to fill out the edges of what you understand and what you uh. don't understand. So. So here's what I don't understand: how you spell this word. Give please. it a shot. No. What? I please give it a shot. Come on. You for all please of us. spell it for all of I us. I will spell give it for her, all of us. Just give her like a letter blank. I will blank, say it's. Blank, 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 I will letter. say I'm saying the spizike. Oh. It's two words. Two words. S p i z z, i k e. Extremely close. Yeah. Very you close. got an extra z in there, but other than that, yeah, it's just s p i z i k e. Spizike. Uh, so, the spizike. Like I said, it includes elements of... Oh, I said the two. No, it's not the two. It's the, it includes... I guess technically it's the two. The spizike includes elements of the two, three, four, five, six, nine, and twenty. That sentence doesn't mean anything to me. How can I know if I care about it? I'm, I don't know what a spizike is. I don't know what... Is it the numbers two, three, blah, blah, 20? Or is it, like, mo- models of something like you have to give me more detail if you want me to tell you how much i can care about it no let's just just where are you where do you care right now zero i don't know what it is dope okay what if i tell you it's a shoe zero it's a shoe exactly see so it wouldn't have mattered if you'd had more information yes it would i guessed it was a shoe so then so then you even double it didn't need me to say anything else you're just being honorary and cantankerous and mad but i guessed it was a shoe i didn't know it was a shoe so it was like just get it get this over with the spizike is a shoe 
I love how Zach was like, oh, I should have been on last week's episode because you talked about cars. And then it's like, oh, this week's episode, I talked about shoes. I feel like 90% of what you talk about, Zach's going to be like, oh, I'm perfect for this episode. I'm looking out for a buddy. I think these are the two main things. Yeah. Like, last week, he probably would have enjoyed being on, but this is the other week where, yeah. like, this is definitely the, the producer that you want. Right? Yeah. Uh, so, the spin I guess I would have worked for basketball, too. Yeah, that's yeah. true as well. But, like, Civil War generals and stuff, like, you're much more movies than... Oh, I would have just been really mad that entire episode. Why are we talking about this? Just huh? angry, yeah. like, yeah. Why, why, why is this what's happening right now? <laughs> Can't yeah. believe people listen to this on purpose. All right, so The Spizak was released in 2006. Okay. Um, you can probably guess who makes The Spizak. Spizak Lee? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, he doesn't make it. But you're very on the right track here. Oh, yes. no. Yeah, Spizike Jones? What? <laughs> <laughs> huh? David does not know who that is. Spike Jones. Spike Jones. Do I know who Spike Jones is? I don't know who Spike Jones is. Okay. Director of Where the Wild Things Are and only, Her. And being only John so Malkovich. many things to come back to movies, man. Come on. That is not true. Wait, wait hold on. Absolutely everything hold, can. Hold the phone. You can't, you can't say this. Okay, who designed, <laughs> not today. The, who designed no, I, the Spizike? I actually can't. No, actually, today is a great example of it coming back to movies, if we're being honest. But it's fine. Uh, so, you, so you know who Spike Lee is? Yes. Tell me more about what you know about Spike Lee, Emily. He is one of the foundational directors of American cinema. He directed Do the Right Thing, which is like a huge, like one of the first mainstream black films in American history. Uh, he has never been nominated for an Oscar, which is insane. He's directing a movie that is coming out next. Oh, no, it's soon. It's August, isn't it? Uh, Us? Uh, no, that's Jordan Peele's. The uh -huh. Black Klansman is Spike <clears throat> oh, Lee's yeah. next one. Mm -hmm. um, with Adam Driver and a person I think is Denzel Washington's son? Yes. Yes, okay. He's the guy from Ballers. Yeah, yeah that's going to be a great movie. Yeah. Uh, I know plenty about Spike Lee. Yeah. Why is he working on shoes when he should be making more movies? I roll. <laughs> My eyes are rolling. Uh, yeah, so Stan Lee, like you said. Yeah. Well known. St Stan Lee. <laughs> I said Stan Lee. <laughs> I was like, is he joking? I was like, huh? No, just a slip. Yeah, yeah, so Spike I... Lee, that's right. American film director, director, producer, actor, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he's produced over 35 films, uh, just for everyone's edification. Main highlights, some of his highlights. Started with She's Gotta Have It in 1986, and then Do the Right Thing, Malcolm X, The Original Kings of Comedy, 25th Hour, Inside Man, most recently Chirac. Anything in particular that stands out to you that you want to add other than that highlight list? No, that's good. Cool. Yeah. Uh, like you said, he's received two Academy Award nominations, an honorary Academy Award for contributions to filmmaking, two Emmys, two Peabody's, and numerous other awards. Wait, did I say he's never won or never been nominated? I he meant he's never, never won. You said never nominated. Yeah, he's never yeah. won, it's which fine. is ridiculous. Yeah, I didn't want to, you know. Thanks. Not everything can come back to movies, David. Like I said, today was a particularly <laughs> apt example. Talk about um, these shoes. He's also a huge Knicks fan, just huge. for a second. So frequently, Great. whenever the Knicks are on TV, which is pretty common because they're the New York Knickerbockers, um, very frequently you will see um, Spike Lee courtside mm -hmm. in, his, in his classic you know, glasses <laughs> and jacket and hat and things. And he always wears a scarf for some reason. Yeah, he likes his scarves. It's a very filmmaker thing to do, I feel like. Yes. So the Spizak was released in 2006 as a tribute to the relationship between Spike Lee and Jordan Brand. Oh. Uh, so their relationship began because of Mars Blackman. 
the character from his film, she's got to have it. Oh, you're making giant eyes. Why are you making giant eyes? Well, I was like, that's got to be a character from the movie. Yes. Because that's not a person's name, right? <laughs> no, Mars Blackman is a character. Yes, yeah. character from the movie. She's got to have it. Uh, and uh, when the movie came out, an advertising exec for Nike uh, ended up seeing the film. And apparently the Blackman character at a point in the movie um, refuses. Is he, He's he's um, he's hooking up with a lady friend. And like uh, you do. refuses to take off his Jordans in the process. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, these are staying on. Like yep. we can continue, you know, whatever. But the shoes stay on. <laughs> cool. Uh, <laughs> Listeners, you should see Emily's face right now. It's it's cool. pretty, yeah. it's pretty good. He's, He's like, yeah. no, nah, no, nah, the shoes stay on. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, shoes, shoes stay on. <laughs> uh, it's so funny. Honestly, I really want. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. He's like, no, nah, you know. You know, Lots of things are negotiable. We can talk about <laughs> shoes stay on. <laughs> Taking the sock thing like, to a whole like, other level. Like, what would you even do? <laughs> right? What would you even say? Like, like, He's like, nah, this is great and all, but I just need you to know off the bat, shoes stay on. Yeah. How sway? Not to quote Kanye. <laughs> He's like, look, I spent too much money. I spent too much money on these. Look, no, I can't believe the, this is still going. The st- <laughs> I can't believe we're still spinning out this world. Because <laughs> it's a ridiculous well, world. Have... How would you even react, honestly? Uh, in a not applicable. Don't talk to me about this. Okay, okay. <laughs> Move on. In my shoes, though. Um, so an advertiser like seizes this movie, and he's like. We got to use this. This has got to go one of our campaigns. Um, and so then uh, they they went and got the Mars Blackman character and put him in a commercial with Michael Jordan. Great. Uh, and became the star of this really great relationship between Spike Lee, um, Spike Lee and Nike and Jordan. Um, it also is arguably the first time that Nike kind of allowed a human side of Michael Jordan to be shown. Oh, uh, nice. One of the major critiques of him from early on was that he's like, Really kind of, you know, not an automaton, but just not there for personality. Not particularly, like, marketable as a person and as an entity. It's just like, well, he's amazing at basketball. He's insanely competitive, but, you know, not always that fun. Like, doesn't necessarily yeah. seem like someone that you would, you know, feel any sort of affinity for. Do you know that Mars Blackman was played by Spike Lee? Yes. Yep. Okay. That's correct. So that's him in the movie. Mm-hmm. I also have another. another and him in the commercial. Blackman, the new Mars Blackman. Was played by the dude from Hamilton, Anthony Ramos, yep. original Philip slash Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Circles within circles, yeah. Onions, Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Everything goes back to Lynn. Everything goes back to Lynn. He's he's that, he's that guy. Um, yeah, and like I said, that's kind of and so that kind of like actually signified a shift kind of in Jordan's persona and in how he was marketed because it's where he actually for the first time was like being kind of fun. With this little Mars backing character, and like, cause, I mean, is obviously this in Spike the eighties, nineties? Okay, yeah, late eighties. Obviously, this is this is like Spike Lee, who is nowhere near the same height as Spike Jordan. <laughs> Mars is like, hey Jordan, and he's like, yeah, yeah, Mars. Like, <laughs> it's really funny if you watch it. Uh, and so there, and so they actually continued to use that relationship every once in a while. So their approach was like they wanted to only bring him out for like 
big TV spot. So they didn't bring it out for like every Jordan commercial, but every once in a while, they'd be like, hey, remember Mars Blackman? Jordan's friend, Mars Blackman. He's back here to talk about the amazing new Air Jordan. Uh, and so after the initial spots, they only brought him back with significant events in his life, like when he switched over to baseball for two years. Oh, Jordan, not <laughs> Mars Blackman. Yes, Jordan. Yeah, Jordan's life. When yes. he switched over to baseball for two years or when he finally retired. Uh, and in fact, that was the last time they brought back Mars. It was like when, when Michael finally retired, uh, in fact, this executive quote is saying, when Michael finally retired, there was nobody that could do a farewell spot to Jordan like Mars. So he brought him back one more time. Since then, um, there's just been a continued relationship between Spike Lee and Jordan. So, uh, he'll, he'll very often get his own like special edition Jordans made and sent to him that only he has and that he wears to games. Uh, they'll do, uh, orange and blue mock-ups of various shoes because that's, those are the colors of his favorite Knicks. teams, yeah. the Knicks. Um, and it's also really cool just because as you know, like Spike Lee is like a very outspoken, visible member of mm-hmm. not just the film community, but like the black community. And it's like always, frankly, sometimes gets kind of incendiary, but is always trying to like speak out and, and, and speak truth to power when he feels like people out here trying to like, you know, mess up black people and like leave us by the wayside and make us increasingly marginalized. So yeah. it's really kind of cool to see a brand as large and prominent as Nike slash Jordan have such a strong continued association with this guy, Spike Lee, yeah. uh, which is super dope. So um, that's kind of the story behind how the Spizite came into being. Nice. So one little additional piece that I'm going to talk about now that you won't, you might not care about, but I'm going to talk about it because I get to do that, okay. is the actual shoes that go together to make the Spizike. Okay. So, yeah, no, be be cool, bro. Come on. Uh, so like aids. I said, the shoes, I, you bet I do. They're already pulled up. So the shoes that the, the Spizike is composed of, we have the Air Jordan 3, which is this. Okay. Which is con- coincidentally one of my favorite Jordans. Um what is what about it do you like more than other Jordans? It's actually partially it's not quite as busy as some of the other shoes are. Um, it doesn't have like a, a whole bunch of like straps or a, a, like eight different types of fabric and and it doesn't have it, it's not quite as high cut either. It's a little bit more low profile. Um I personally have also found it's one of the more comfortable ones. Um but it's just one of the ones I feel like that is like can can be used as a highlight of a look. Or it can be made, it can subsume into more just like a complimentary piece. It's sure. one of the shoes that more leans its 12 sword that. Uh, and so I just like that model. Uh, the Air Jordan 4, which is my actual favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just my think the shoes, I just think this shoe is really cool. I've always enjoyed it. Between the between the mesh overlays on yeah. the midsole with the usually different coloring on the outsole. Um, the little flappy wing things that mm-hmm. don't serve any purpose, but I just enjoy the look. I've always really enjoyed that one. Uh... The Jordan 5, uh, which, yeah. Yeah, uh, that is, is a lot. Yeah, this was very extra. It, it's styled off of, like, World War II era fighter planes, Jeez. which is why it has, like, the, the spikes here are supposed to be, like, the teeth of the sharks that they always used to draw on those <sighs> That's planes. That's cool. Yeah, so they do things like that. And this tongue here, so it's black in this picture, but this tongue is made of 3M reflective material, Ooh. so that if you were to, like, shine a flash or anything on it, it, like, like shines like metallic yeah that's a lot yeah but it's a lot exactly yeah Yeah. but you can also see like each shoe kind of has elements of the shoe before it like they kind of semi kept the mesh in a different way in this middle piece yeah uh and then you got the six which came after that one which again getting a little more extra a little bigger a little bulkier and this is where it starts to like leave behind the ones that i usually wear it looks like 90s like that's very of this era Yeah, yeah yeah very much so I don't think I have a pair of sixes. Do you have a pair of sixes? I do not. 
I'm kind of surprised I don't have a pair of sixes. Like, they're not my favorite, but I like them enough where I would have thought I would have. But I guess I never came across a pair. Uh, the nine. Oh, my gosh. Which I do have a pair of. It's a boot. I think this is one of his favorites. Um, Jordan? I think. I think yes. he really likes He really, he likes, really likes the nines a lot. Uh, yeah, the bottom's pretty cool. Uh, it's got, like... It's supposed to be, like, stylized again, across, like, different languages and stuff. And oh, so, nice. on the heel, you can't see it here, but this here is actually, like, a, a little um, emblem of the world. Like, it's like a globe. Hmm. It's supposed to be, like, a world shoe. And then, pop, jumped all the way ahead to the 20. Oh, wow. Which, which uh... The ankle strap? Right? Uh, so, after the Jordan, like, 11... Mm-hmm. No, after the fourteen, give them, give them the fourteen. 14. Yeah, give them to the fourteen. After the fourteen, things got a little weird. After the fourteen, they started, <laughs> they started making up some stuff. So the fourteen, I, it's not important. Like the fourteen is another one of my favorites. But after the fourteen, they went with fifteen, which is like, I'll just show you the fifteen's like they took a, yeah, they took a a, a space boot and then gave it like, uh, they, they put a pride rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly so. What like, what year would be the fourteen? Fourteen ninety-seven. Yeah. That was the last and one. So it was like tw- ninety-seven, ninety-eight. What year's twenty? Mid two thousand. Yeah, okay. it was like two thousand two or three. Yeah. Yeah, is it like one year or is it just whenever they come out? It is them? roughly one per year. Okay. Um, there were a couple s- years between like two thousand six where we would get like two in one year. And yeah. Not yeah. Even the next. Yeah. But and and part of the way it was they would usually release they would, they would usually release a new one for each like season when he was playing but once he retired which he retired in 1998 and then he was out for a few years and then came back and played 2001 to 2003 mm-hmm. for the wizards so in that in that space in between and in the time since he finally retired in 2003 mm-hmm. um now they like it's it, they're they're a lot more loose with when they release them okay but they're on number 30 31 32. 31 32 uh this is yeah this is the 15 oh look at it like what <laughs> the what pri- is that pride must be so weird. the pride yeah it really is like yeah at the top of the shoe the it like juts out it's like if your converses were trying to escape your your ankle yeah yeah and just like made a pride rock at the top yeah. and i'll post pictures of all these i'll put these pictures in the show notes if you want to click and look at them um yeah and i mean look i love jordan's i'm a jordan head but the 15 is just like i don't That's know and so and from the 15 the, from the 15 stuff. to like the 23 yeah tinker hatfield who maybe we'll talk about another day is like mm-hmm. the the primary head like designing a lot of jordans he left jordan brand the for a man? while and it shows his name's Tinker Hatfield. Yeah, the man's yeah. name is Tinker, Tinker Hatfield. Tinker Hatfield. Yeah, Tinker Hatfield. That, Tinker. that is really his name. Tinker really... Shoe Boy. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. Tinker Hatfield. Tinker, Tinker Hatfield. Yeah. Keep, uh, yeah. keep it 50. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like I said, and so all of those those other models come together to give us the Spizike. Ah. But it's kind of cool, right? Because can't you see like the influence? It, I was about to say, it looks like the essence of Spike Lee in a shoe. A little bit, right? Yeah. And so you can see actually where they pulled in the different elements of all the other shoes, like this, the web and the yeah. and the uh, eyelets, and this part is all from the five, yeah. and then the cement edging here and the outsoles from the three. Uh, this back, the the little circle on the back is from the nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the tongue and the the Jordan logo over the tongue is from the six, mm-hmm. uh, and so and then there are also like uh, the wings here are from the four. And then there's laser etching in various points that is from the 20. All and right. so it's just kind of a cool way that they sort of made a brand new shoe out of nowhere by combining elements of a lot of their passwords. And it really kind of, like I said, it really looks like the it's essence of, nice. Yeah, it looks like the essence of Spike Lee. Yeah. And on the original, actually, I think on all of the Spizikes, because they make them in a lot of different colors now. Yeah. But on the Spizikes, on the back, there's a number 40 for his production company, 40 Acres and a Mule. 
Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> also one of my favorite yeah. production company yeah. names. Uh, and people, when the Spizike first came out, a lot of people were like kind of mad about it because it was right in this space where so Jordan's retired, uh, sales are flagging because you no longer have Jordan to like sell shoes basically, and so people were like, maybe Jordan brand, you should continue to try and innovate, make some new cooler shoes, and also you hmm. should try not to charge an arm and a leg for the shoe. And then with the Spizike, essentially what Nike and Jordan brand said was. Hmm, so you guys want us to come up with brand new innovative designs and charge you less? What if instead we put together a bunch of our old designs and charge you more? <laughs> but, so, celebrity. Yeah, yeah. And so a lot of people were like, are you kidding me? But then they kind of like, Ash is pretty dope shoe. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, a very good shoe. Yeah, so um, that's Bizike. This cool. Bizike is composed of the 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 9, and 20. Do you care? Yes. Boom. A lot. But mm, here's the thing. Here's if the at the thing, beginning you had said, this is about shoes, I would have been like zero, which I was. You were. Yeah, but you if did. you had said, this is about shoes and a famous director, I would have said 10 and I remain at 10. Whatever. Unless that director was, was like Paul Thomas Anderson. Like, sure. I don't care what that guy wears on yeah. his feet. Sure. Cool. Wonderful. I'll take it. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I shouldn't have slandered Paul Thomas Anderson. I like him. Yeah, you can't him work right there. Yeah, he and I are just fighting about Phantom Thread. You would be fighting about Phantom Thread. I still haven't seen it. Yeah, he's lucky he's married to Maya Rudolph, or I'd just... Is that true? That's yeah. That's dope. She's pretty cool. She's pretty cool. Yeah. I haven't seen anything in a while. You're gonna. Okay. If you continue on your Am current I... trajectory. Yeah. Okay, we'll see. All right, sounds good. Yeah. I don't want to spoil anything you're watching. Don't. Yeah, don't spoil anything. Okay. She's in Clone Wars. <laughs> we had a deal. We're not talking. We're not talking about Clone Wars. We're not we going to do Clone Wars. Wars on the podcast. We don't talk about Clone Wars on the podcast. Yes, we're not going to do it. <laughs> I mean, you know what? You might as well. No, I'm not going to do yeah. it. Nope. I'll not give you five it. minutes. Nope. No. Nope. Won't be happening. Okay, so this is this is an interesting week because usually. I pick something that I know you're going to care about in the end. Mm -hmm. Something kind of like crossover-y between our interests. Um, and you pick something that's just like kind of a big swing. Yep. Uh, <laughs> the shoes that's are... That's the game. The Spizikes are on the other foot this week. Mm -hmm. um, because Clever. I am... Thank you. I am taking a really big swing this week about something that I don't think you're going to care about. But like... Almost brings me to tears when I think or read about it. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's going to be, I have my I have my tabbed book here, mm -hmm. so you probably have an idea. Act four, scene one of Shakespeare's Richard II is the best political inception scene ever written. Do you care? I'm trying to remember if I know anything about Shakespeare's King Richard. There right? are two Shakespeare's King Richards. There's Richard II, which is this one, and much less well-known than Richard III, which is still not very well-known. So this is the more obscure yeah. of the two Shakespeare <laughs> King Richard plays. Yeah, yeah, it is. But there's a scene in it. Oh, but the Richards is, are so different. That is top-level political intrigue. Yes. Well, I love political intrigue. Yes, you do. So I'm going to say I kind of care. Okay. I also care about things that potentially would be amazing that everybody's overlooking. So okay. I, I care. Good. I, I already care a little bit. We'll see. You already care more than I thought you would. Yeah. No, I'm, I care. Yeah, I care, I care yeah. a little bit. Um, it, I think it will just hinge on whether I agree with your statement or not. <laughs> we will see. 
<laughs> okay, so when I was in undergrad, I took a class called the Shakespeare Moot Court, mm-hmm. where we read, and I've talked to you guys about <laughs> this. Nerds! <laughs> no, I was so good! <laughs> the Shakespeare Moot Court. Oh, I loved it so much. Oh, we read five Shakespeare plays, <laughs> and then it was like we had an English professor and a law professor teaching it, and we read five Shakespeare plays, and then at the end of the semester, we argued like a contemporary constitutional issue based on the plays we read from Shakespeare as our constitution. God, it's so, terribly clever. That's not so much fun. Yeah, that sounds like a lot. <laughs> yeah! That's not so fun. Yeah, it's so, it, like, we've spent three years learning about constitutional law. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting to think, what if our constitution wasn't the constitution, but right. we still had to argue? I argued that under God should not be in the Pledge of Allegiance, and and I we lost because it was really hard to convince a panel of five professors that uh, Shakespeare was not pro-religion and government just because of <laughs> like we lost that one going in but the plays we read religion always led to this huge like massive corruption in government mm-hmm. so I argued that Shakespeare is saying maybe we should actually separate them out we lost but it's okay because it was really fun and I learned so much from Professor Dr. David Anderson and uh, Dr. Andrew Porwancher in that class, and uh, there is no point in shouting them out except that they were great, and I like to talk about this class, and it is very interesting to me. One of the plays we read was Richard II. It was probably the most obscure. We also read like King Lear and As You Like It, like some very. I can't tell if you're making fun of me when you nod like that. What? How did I be making fun of you? I don't know. You just said As You Like It, and I was like, yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's you're not wrong. I haven't that read is, it. That is, but that's like that was, that was not with context. I, I haven't read. It. It was just like, but that's what Shakespeare meant when he yeah, read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I haven't. It's been a while since I got to that one. It's, yeah, it's, I watch Much Ado About Nothing every mm-hmm. finals. Yeah, that was great. Oh yeah, you do like that one. I still can't tell if you're making fun of me. <laughs> I'm not making fun of you. I like that one. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, but you could be making fun of me. I could be, but I'm not. Okay, at all. Richard II was performed as early as 1595. First printed in 1597. And it covers the period between April 1398 and March 1400. Um, So when Shakespeare's writing the history plays, he's always writing about what's happening in the current time. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's always kind of trying to scratch Elizabeth's back. They had a very, like, I can't believe how many times. I can believe how many times I'm going to talk about Elizabeth I on this podcast. I can. I love her so much. I can. But they had a very, like, you scratch my back, I scratch your back relationship. Unlike our relationship, which is very, I scratch my back, and you scratch your back. And I scratch your back. And you scratch my back. And, and no one scratches scratch No back. one scratches my back. I walk alone. You can scratch your back while walking. <laughs> I don't know that that's true, actually. <laughs> Before Emily falls. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Richard II is the first of the history plays. The history plays, like, the Henriad. Uh, I guess it's the first of the Henriad. Uh, which is Richard II, and then Henry IV, Part One, Henry IV, Part Two, Henry V. All of these are about the transition of power from Richard to Henry IV to his to Henry IV's son, Henry V. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot going on here in the terms Borgias. of hmm? the Borgias. <laughs> I just no, is that is that bad? So far, 
geographically. I know. It's like literally, literally. But like, also, not you're not country. super wrong because it's the same kind of political intrigue. Kind of thing, but yeah, it, like but... the the Henrietta is much more British version of that. Uh-huh. The Italians are like passion and poison, and the British are like. I have a divine right, and I'm going to make you feel bad about taking it, which is literally what Richard does. So at the beginning of the play, Richard is a bad king. Like, Mm -hmm. this is, he's divinely, he has, you know, what they consider the divine right, but he is taking money from his subjects to, like, finance this stupid war in Ireland Mm -hmm. that means nothing, and um, he is, he hates commoners, and commoners are a big uh, portion Mm -hmm. of his... Of the people he's ruling? Yeah. Is is this the Richard of Robin Hood? No, that's okay. Richard the First. Is it? Okay, okay. No, that's... Yeah, Richard the First Lionheart. Okay. And King John the First. Okay, got it. To like right. to be known as John the First, he's sure to be known as John the Worst. So it's John... It's not John the First. <laughs> uh, I used to be able to... I'm going to edit this out for sure. I used to be able to name all the royals of England in a, in a row. Why on earth did you edit that William out? That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, first... that's actually... We're not editing yeah. that out. Don't, don't edit that out. I'm going to get back to that. I'm going to... We're not editing that out. Okay. You're leaving that in. I'm editing it out. You're yep. leaving that in. What? You're right. It's yeah. King Richard's Lionheart, so... Nice. Yeah. Uh, which John was it who... Don John. Good movie. That's yeah. a good movie. <laughs> I didn't see um, it. I did not think for a second you had seen it. I was like, I'm just going to let this go. I, do you I, know who's in it? I do. It's uh, um. Oh, geez. I'm looking at his face and I still can't remember his name. Hold on. I, I, Robin. I, I just can't remember his name. Robin? The role you associate him with is Robin? Which is uh, not even today, revealed to be his name until the very end of to, a three-hour nightmare. Today, apparently, a yes, that's... three-hour nightmare? I oh, hate the Dark Knight not that bad. I hate it's the Dark Knight Rises. Bad. I'm not surprised you hate it, but yeah, Ugh. it's fine. Christopher Nolan didn't want to make it. I don't blame that him. That also seems, yeah, yeah. That also seems pretty apparent. He had something to say. Joseph. Yeah, JGD. JGL. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. Anyway, Richard II opens with Richard, like, presiding over this trial between Henry Bolingbroke and Duke of Mowbray. This is great. They're like, somebody killed Gloucester. And Richard is like, I will give you each the chance to prove it was not you. And Richard, like, presides over this trial, and he ends up banishing both Henry Bolingbroke and Mowbray. He's like, I can't decide who it was. So I'll banish both of you, but I will be benevolent and only banish Henry for six years. Richard killed him. Richard mm-hmm. is the one who did the thing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I'm benevolently blah, 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 blah. Uh, but because the divine right of kings is so ingrained into, like, the British consciousness at that time, uh, Henry is Henry Bolingbroke, who turns out to be, spoiler alert, Henry IV, eventually takes over the throne through the course of this play. Henry, like, is groveling before Richard at the very beginning. He says, Many years of happy days befall my gracious sovereign, my most loving liege. Uh, And then the Duke of Mowbray says, Each day still better others' happiness until the heavens envying earth's good hap add an immortal title to your crown. They are both like, you know, simpering Mm -hmm. before Mm -hmm. the king. And the king says, We thank you both yet... Yeah, we thank you both, yet one but flatters us as well appeareth by the cause you come, namely to appeal each other of high treason. So one of them performed treason, and mm-hmm. Henry, er, and neither one did, actually, but they're about to. 
And Bolingbroke just says, First, heaven be the record to my speech and the devotion of a subject's love, tendering the precious safety of my prince and free from other misbegotten hate, come I, appellant, to this princely presence. And isn't it so good that kings are not in charge of trials anymore? Because this would be the most annoying thing ever at the beginning of every single court case. This is basically what they do at, like, Senate and House hearings whenever they're confirming somebody and they're like, uh... You and I have been friends for a long time since you're a member of my party. We've had many dinners together, and I really enjoy hanging out with you and your wife. Anyway, here's some questions pretending to be hard. It is such a pleasure to see you before us today, and now I I look forward to us getting past this stage that we can confirm you. I mean, we can put you to a vote. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And so... Richard says, I can't decide. I'm going to banish both of you, but I'm going to reduce Henry's sentence from 10 years to six years. Mm. And Henry says, how long a time lies in one little word. Four lagging winters and four wanton springs end in a word. Such is the breath of kings. Mm. And this is one of... He already handed down the sentence. Yeah. 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 And it's like, it's not merciful. He's banishing you for six years for something you didn't do to get you out of his way so that he can keep being king without anybody checking him. Uh And Henry's his cousin. Henry's very handsome, has a good claim to the throne. Like, obviously, Richard wants him out of the way. Hey, I get it. So. (laughs) I'm just going to let that. I don't know. And then while Henry's gone, banished, his father dies, and his dad, um, The my favorite adaptation of this, his dad is played by Patrick Stewart, and mm-hmm. he's so, like, withering and great, and uh, at one point, he says, like, his, some of his dying words to King Richard are, landlord of England, art thou now not king? And Richard's like, screw you, I'm still divine right, appointed yeah. by actual God. But John of Gaunt, Henry's father, dies, and Henry comes back, uh, and then pretty immediately decides he's going to take over and starts trying to talk himself into taking over England. Mm. As soon as Henry sets foot back on English soil, he says, myself a prince by fortune of my birth, near to the king in blood and near in love. And he's saying, you know, he's like, I'm a prince, basically, if you really think about it. And But I love the king. I love the king. He's a great guy. He's my best friend. Mm. And this is... Sorry, is this written ahead. like him talking to himself, or he's like talking to he's saying these things to others? Good question. He is technically saying these things to others, but to me, they've always had the air of trying to convince himself. Mm, okay. And Henry, this is an interesting play because it separates what makes a good king politically from what gives you the right to be king. Mm-hmm. And Henry knows that he would be a better king. He would be a better king. He cares more about the people. He is smarter he's more charming mm-hmm. um i don't actually know if he's smarter in the end but he is he seems like polit- if you were electing kings he would be the one but he's not able to get himself to the point where he really truly believes he has the right to be king which richard knows and he exploits to convince henry that it's i'll, I'll get there um <laughs> okay uh, I'll, I'll wait yeah uh when richard hears that henry is going to take over uh, Richard starts talking about himself as like a sun that is rising. Um, and he says, uh, he talks about how, you know, when the sun's down, thieves can sneak around and steal. But when the sun comes up, Henry's going to be found out and he will not be able to take the throne. Uh, his treasons will sit blushing in his face, not able to endure the sight of day, but self affrighted tremble at his sin. He says, uh, and then he's defend- talking about himself. Richard says, Then if angels fight, weak men must fall, for heaven still guards the right. So Richard's 
battle plan is basically, well, Henry has a lot of troops and a lot a groundswell of support, but I'm the king and he won't be able to take that from me. Mm-hmm. Except that Henry does. And Henry has thought <laughs> I was about like, this. Until he does. Like, yeah. <laughs> so this gets us to Act 4, Scene 1, which I think is the best. Mm. Richard's strategy, he's been captured. He doesn't really have any choice but to give up the throne. So Richard decides that he's going to give up the throne but leave Henry with so much crippling guilt that he will never be able to do anything with the throne. Mm-hmm. Richard basically is like casting his ghost over Henry, which is so good because it means Richard has to understand that that is Henry's greatest weakness, that he doesn't really believe that he deserves the throne. And I love this is one of those things that I love in movies where the villain and the hero have the same struggle. They just, they, like, they understand each other at a really fundamental level. I think you get that in Black Panther and their cousins, too. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think about that before, I promise. But you also kind of get that in, like, in uh, Thor it... and Loki's relationship. Like, mm-hmm. any good villain-hero relationship has that, like, sympathetic element that we're very close to being each other. There's a universe in which I'm you and you're me. Bane, um, Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, Joker, Batman. You, you, you believe you thought you were of the dark. I'm the dark. I, I see how you thought that, but it's actually me. You yeah, know, this I mean, is awkward. I'm actually yeah, the dark. Yeah, yeah. Broken back. Yeah, and yeah. then in three months it heals, and he climbs out of a cave. I'm with you. Not. I'm, it's a I'm not, dumb. I'm movie. with you. Nope. I'm with you. Uh, some old guy punches him in the back. Welcome to care for. No guy punches him in the back. He hangs for a while, and then he's and then he's good to climb. You know, I don't know. He was using a cane at the beginning of the movie, yet now he is somehow stronger. Welcome to Care for Free, the only podcast where we spoil Gossip Girl and The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, over the course of like twenty minutes. So when Henry gets Richard captured, he says, "Fetch hither Richard, that in common view he may surrender. So we shall proceed without suspicion." Henry's like, this is great. Richard's here. He's going to give me the crown, and I don't have to feel guilty about this anymore. Mm. Richard comes in full-on drama queen mode. And this, this, I love this scene so much. Richard, alack, why am I sent for to a king before I have shook off the regal thoughts wherewith I reigned? I hardly yet have learned to insinuate, flatter, bow, and bend my knee, give sorrow leave a while to tutor me to the submission. He's basically like, you haven't even given me time to think about not being king yet, and it's so hard to think about being a common subject. Like, like let you, me, Henry. Let me process. You were flattering me, but now I have to learn to flatter you, and it's hard because I'm so royal. Just give me some more time. Mm. Ah, it's so good. And then Richard looks around to all the people at court who are betraying him. Yet, well, I well remember the favors of these men. Were they not mine? Did they not sometime cry all hail to me? So Judas did to Christ, but he in twelve found truth in all but one. I in twelve thousand none. God save the king. Will no man say amen? Am I both priest and clerk? Well then, amen. And he's doing this great thing where he's like, I'm the king and I'm also Jesus. And you can't take that from me. God save the king, although I be not he. And yet, amen, if heaven do think him me. And like, what a killer entrance. First of all, he's like, it's like such a desperate, or not a a real housewives thing. Mm -hmm. So Richard says to what service him as a brother. And uh, the Duke of York says... We want, the, we want the throne. We want it. <laughs> no, like, we want Henry, it. Cause I, I always picture yeah. Henry being like, uh, 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 and the, the Duke is like, we want the throne. Because Henry can't even say it. He's such, ugh. The resignation of thy state and crown to Henry Bolingbroke. And Richard 
is ready with a visual presentation. He goes, give me the crown. Here, cousin, seize the crown. Here, cousin, on this side, my hand, and on that side, thine. So they're both holding the crown. Mm -hmm. And he's like, and then he starts like churning it like a well. And he says, now this is, now this golden crown, like a deep well that owes two buckets filling one another, the emptier ever dancing in the air, the other down unseen and full of water. That bucket down and full of tears am I, drinking my griefs whilst you mount up on high. So he's doing this with Henry, who's about to be king. And yes, Richard's down at the bottom, but what happens to the well? It rises to the top and the water falls out? Yeah. And he's saying, you're eventually going to be here as well. Yep. And he's like, you can do this to me, but someday somebody's going to do this to you. And (laughs) this is great. Henry's like, I thought you had been willing to resign. Richard says, my crown I am, but still my griefs are mine. And I just love that Henry, like, kicks in with, like, a line and Richard finishes it off. It's almost like Hamilton where it's, like, this Richard just has this, like, furious Mm -hmm. energy going. You may my glories and my state depose, but not my griefs. Still, I am king of those. Uh, Henry goes, part of your cares you give me with your crown. You won't have to care about the, you know. Uh, But Richard's ready again. Your cares set up. Do not pluck my cares down. And this is my favorite part. My care is loss of care by old care done. Your care is gain of care by new care won. The cares I give I have, though given away, they tend the crown, yet still with me they stay. It's so good. And Henry's like, well, I have, I'm taking the crown and the cares, but you still have the crown and the cares, so am I the... I'm not the king. I know I'm not the king, but you're giving me the crown. And I just picture all the while they're, like, doing this, like, mm. visual <laughs> exercise with the crown. Meanwhile, um, the Duke of York is like, oh, what is happening? Yeah, exactly. I just, I just want you to put it Can on. We just please? Henry. Just <laughs> please. Richard, let it go. <laughs> and the next... And Bolingbroke... Are you contented to resign the crown? He's frustrated. And Richard says, I know no I, for I must nothing be. And even in I know no I, he's doing the circular Mm. thing. Uh, Therefore, no, no, for I resign to thee. Now mark me how I will undo myself. I give this heavy weight from off my head and this unwieldy scepter from my hand. So what Richard starts doing, there's like a coronation process and it's all very like lined up. I haven't watched the crown yet, but I assume Mm. the crown covers that. But Richard starts talking backwards through the coronation ceremony and basically is like uncrowning himself Mm. bit by bit. (laughs) He is so messy and he (laughs) loves this drama. Uh, God pardon all oaths that are broke to me. God keep all vows unbroke are made to thee. Long mayest thou live in Richard's seat to sit and soon lie Richard in an earthy pit. God save King Henry, unkinged Richard says, and send him many years of sunshine days, which is exactly what Henry said to Richard in mm. the very beginning. Was like, we want you to have, I mm. may you have sunshine days and blah, blah, blah. Uh, what more remains? And then he calls out, Richard starts calling out everybody else in the room. Though some of you with Pilate wash your hands, showing an outward pity, yet you Pilots have here delivered me to my sour cross, and water cannot wash away your sin. So he's <laughs> listening to this, and Henry's listening to this, and he's like, oh crap, I think Richard's Jesus. <laughs> he's like, gets this all in his head, mm-hmm. even though he's a great leader, and mm-hmm. he should be like very confident in his own right. This is such a, I mean... Henry is nowhere near as great as Thor, but it's such a Thor thing of, like, Loki whispering in his ear and mm. Thor being like, uh, I, I'm pretty sure I'm worthy. Is that so? But <laughs> Richard, then he's like, somebody get me a mirror. And Henry's mm. like, 
I don't know, give the guy a mirror. Mm -hmm. And Richard takes this mirror and starts looking at his face and is like, you can read the age on my face. Am I really this old? Because he's like a relatively young guy. Mm -hmm. It's like, am I so old? And then he smashes the mirror on the ground. And Henry's like, bad luck. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, they probably were gonna let him go, saying, but now luck, they're definitely you know? gonna kill him. Just seems like bad luck. Then Richard asks Henry for one favor. Henry says, "Name it, fair cousin." Richard, "Fair cousin, I am greater than a king. For when I was king, my flatterers were then but subjects. Being now a subject, I have a king here to my flatterer." And he, uh, yeah. Uh, and then Bolingbroke's like, take him away to the tower. Convey him to the tower. And Richard's exit line is, oh, good, convey. Conveyors are you all that rise oh. thus nimbly by a true king's fall. So, like, he's been very, I think he's been, like, I mean, not subtle, but he's mm. been very, like, subversive up to this point. And then he's like, you're all traitors. <laughs> Bye. I'm the true king. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, that's, that scene. He does all of this work in that scene. And that work continues to play out through the other three plays of the Henriad of mm -hmm. this. So what happens after this is Richard is in his prison cell and gives this really long, beautiful monologue sort of thing. Then I am kinged again, and by and by I think that I am unkinged by Bolingbroke. He has this, like, crisis of self, talks about how he's facing poverty. And then people come to Richard's cell and kill him, obviously, because they're not going to let him walk around. Yeah, yeah. His last, his dying words are, Mount, mount, my soul, thy seat is up on high, whilst my gross flesh sinks downward here to die. So he's even, like, most people when they die, they sink down, but he's mm -hmm. saying, I'm rising up when yeah. he dies. He, he has just, like, left his ghost all across Henry's reign. And when the guy who kills, killed Richard comes to Henry, the king says... Exton, I thank thee not, for thou hast wrought a deed of slander with thy fatal hand upon my head and all this famous land. Next he goes, from your own mouth, Lord, I did this deed. This You told me. What? <laughs> yeah. You said. You said You kill said him. we don't want Richard around anymore. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And Henry says, they love not poison that do poison need, nor I thee, though I did wish him dead. I hate the murder, love him murdered. Like, He's like, I'm so mad at you for killing this guy that I wanted dead, but I hate you. I'm, you know, this, ugh. Really glad he's dead, but shame yeah. on you for doing yes. it. But, you know, it's nice. <laughs> he was supposed to just die in his sleep. And then he banishes that guy. Wow. And he turns to the, the kingdom and says, Lords, I protest my soul is full of woe, that blood should sprinkle to me to make me grow. Come, mourn for me with for what I do lament, and put on sullen black incontinent. I know. I'll make a voyage to the Holy Land to wash this blood off from my guilty hand. March sadly after, grace my mornings here in weeping after this untimely beer. So are they blaming him for the Crusades? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's a he's a crusader. But yeah. Henry's deal is, I'm so upset. I can't believe this, and he feels really, really guilty about doing it. Mm -hmm. He's like, you know what'll help? A crusade. Yeah. I'll go to the Holy Land and kill a bunch of people who live there. To make myself feel better. Why? I think it's because Richard does all this Jesus crap. It's like, I'm Jesus. And Henry's like, I gotta wash my hands of the... I'll go to I'll go to Jesus's house. And there I will find out for sure that Jesus is okay with me. And that Richard wasn't Jesus. Because I'm pretty sure he wasn't Jesus. Was Richard Jesus? He wasn't Jesus. I'm not Judas. It's fine. It's fine. I'll go to the Holy Land. He spends the next 
play and a half trying to get to the Holy Land, but people who helped him steal the throne from Richard start a civil war in England okay. that keeps him from ever going on this crusade that he thinks is going to be, like, his saving grace and, like, washing his hands of this horrible thing. So Henry, like, dies with a son he thinks is a total scrub, who, like, isn't, but he really seems like a scrub for all of the time that Henry is alive. Mm-hmm. And he, he dies unfulfilled, still feeling guilty about having taken Richard down. It never, he never gets out from under the shadow of how he got the throne. And of course, like, you can argue whether that's a win or not, because his son was on the throne, and there's a bunch of stuff after that. But I think this is such a smart way for Richard to leave his mark on Henry. I always like in a movie when somebody knows they've lost, but twists the knife. Like, it's so, it's such a good move of, like, you can't take me, but you can't get rid of me either. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the best. It's my favorite instance of that, at least in literature, if not in all of time and space. Have you seen Sherlock? Yeah. Well, the first two and a half seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, I it's not a problem with Benedict Cumberbatch, I, who I quite like. That's not where I was. It's not a problem with was. Martin Freeman, who is... Who could possibly have a problem with Martin Freeman? Right? Yeah. No. Come yeah, on. Smart that's Martin not a thing. No. Um, no, that's not what I meant. It was more yeah. like what, what you're describing. Right. It's it a made very... made think of that show because there's definitely... Like yeah. There, Sherlock like, and... Um, oh, my gosh. I just blanked on... Moriarty right, are yeah, very much the, the same of... kind of villain mm-hmm. and hero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Quote, unquote. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting the way you tell the story because, I mean, I haven't read that. Uh, I haven't read Richard II. But had I, on first impression, been reading that scene by myself... Act Act Four, Scene One. Yeah, uh, yeah. Act Four, Scene One. Had I been reading it by myself, I I I am confident that I would have been the Duke of York reading it. Yes, like I would have just been like, "Yes, look, you lost the throne. Can we stop talking about? It? I get it. You want you liked being king because who wouldn't like being king? You're not king anymore because you lost the throne because that's what happens a lot of times when you're a king. You lose." <laughs> How many more times do I have to hear you say you're sad that you're not king anymore? Yeah. So it's like <laughs> the mirror, really, man, really. No, yeah, I yeah. would have been reading that. I I would have been reading that whole scene like I'm really just trying to get past when the king is complaining about not being king anymore. Like I get it, that's not yeah. interesting. So you paint that in a very different light. That's very, Great. yeah, that's very well done. So you care a little? Yeah, no, yeah. I care a little. Yeah. All right. How do we know how much of this is, is like? Shakespeare having fun versus, like, any sort of actual historical accuracy there. Do we know? It's hard to parse that out, especially since um, this, like, it's hard to know why Shakespeare was writing this when Queen Elizabeth was sort of the rightful. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think she was the rightful queen as much as one could have been at the time. Uh But it was uh, her, one of her, like, ex-boyfriends had just come back from this terrible campaign in Ireland where he made a truce that she called treasonous and right around the this time he uh-huh. like launched this uprising and people were performing this play the night before the uprising like paying actors 40 percent extra mm-hmm. to perform this play right before wow. the uprising so that people would be like oh maybe there is someone who's better to be to rule the nation huh. uh, and elizabeth had made it a crime to discuss like a crime punishable by death to discuss who was coming after her so Interesting. It's hard to know. Uh-huh. Shakespeare and her were like buddies as yeah, much as they, they could. But what's he trying to say writing this play about a better ruler? Maybe, yeah. Or maybe he's taking the Richard II role of threatening anybody who would come after her that you'll never be able to shake the ghost of her if you don't take it. You know, if you yeah. don't take the throne the way she yeah. asks. Yeah. That was the question. I was like, would that be him painting her as Richard or him painting her as Henry? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. 
All right. That's nice me. Work. It sure is. Yeah. Good job. Thanks. I, I thought, I, yeah, I was intrigued by that. Well done by the both of you. I'm Thank very you. intrigued. Ugh. Good. Yeah. That's what we like to hear. That's great. There's a certain passage where you kept saying care, and I was like, this is perfect. Oh. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. A lot that. of cares. A lot of cares. Lot I, of wouldn't, cares. I wouldn't have enjoyed I will say, had I been reading this, I would not have enjoyed it. He was like, do I? Oh, ooh. I was like, stop saying the same word over and over again. I didn't like it. <laughs> you I recognize, I recognize the device being employed there, and I recognize the work it's doing, but me, I'd be like, I would like so to you're move past it. Not a literary devices guy. Not really, not a lot. I like I think, I think it. there, I think there's some literary devices. Like I, I'm very prone to being like, oh, that was clever. But you, you, there's definitely like an expiration date on my patience for it. Yes. So like, if it goes too long, I'm like, okay, that's I get, fair. I, I see what you did. <laughs> Move yeah. on. And so. I was lucky to get taught this very well. No, that's good. Yeah. Class, so. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That really sounds like such a cool class. Yeah, yeah it, it really, really was. does. I would, I would take that class. Um, just for your edification. Um, my edification or our like hers as well. Yeah, all, all okay. Turn and up. the audience. And Turn the up. audience. Um, Turn up. Welcome to be audience. prime minister, the only requirements to being PM are to be able to command the confidence of the House of Commons and to be invited by the Crown to form a government. Yeah, that's right. that is the most British thing so, I've yeah, ever heard. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you don't. Yeah. yeah. Technically, Ted Cruz could have been in Parliament. No. But they'd probably be like, well, (laughs) yeah, only a true British citizen could command Uh, the confidence of the government. (laughs) What I'm saying is that do we think that's what that means? Or is it, that sounds pretty broad to me. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, legitimately, that's, like, actually, you don't have to be born. Like, I feel like anybody anybody could, like, Technically. technically. But I think they could keep you from it if they wanted to by those Maybe. I feel like when they say the only requirement is that you have to be able to command the confidence, that sounds to me like them saying, hey, if you can win the vote. Yeah, but I can't imagine that. Because I assume that's, that's what a, they mean by yeah, command a, the confidence. But that's right? an Ameri- a very American way of thinking about it. It's like, hey, if I can get that, I can get that. But the British people, I mean. No, that's also how I they mean, do it because like the way that they cancel their governments is by a vote of no confidence, right? So it's like as long as you can maintain the confidence by winning the votes of the PMs. Yeah, but I think you're thinking of confidence as more. Of a like, this citizen votes yay confidence as opposed to a campaign against or for somebody. Oh, I, I was less, I was less and saying a, the citizens and more the more the members yeah, of parliament. Yeah. But but sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know as much about that as I probably should. Squirrel. I don't know. I took I took, really I took some classes of that. Yeah. Whole thing. Yeah. I I don't watch enough like British politics process movies. Yeah. They're pretty good. Yeah, they I are. Like what? Like actually. Yeah. yeah. I don't watch many movies, but I took a couple classes. I don't know if that's the same thing. I'm proud of you. Yeah, you're right. You've done, you've done good work. <laughs> Listener, you can't see it, but David was being very sincere. I was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, hold on. Paul, have y'all seen the the angry white guy um, in New York? Be more specific. Yeah, the Sorry, attorney. The attorney who, like, was mad that uh, two people were speaking Spanish. In, uh, in to a, each no, other? No, to I each other. see this. And then, then he did another in one. In New York City? Right. And then there was another one where he walks into this guy, calls him a foreigner. He's not a foreigner. He's a total, like, normal white guy. And he just walks into him and starts screaming at him for walking into him because he thinks he's a foreigner. Plot twist. His wife is a bl- blonde hair, blue-eyed immigrant. So, you know, there's, there's uh, The attorney's wife? Yeah. Jeez. That's different. That's, that's different. That's, that's different. It, it's yeah. different. That's You're not, right. That's You're not, right. not a foreigner. Yeah. That's just a person who hadn't been born here yet. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> it's not my logic, man. I'm not the I one. I don't think yeah. it... Yeah. It's not oh. any logic. 
I don't know. I think Ted Cruz thinks he's good. What did you care about this week? I cared. It's a good thing that Zach's here. This mm-hmm. is very apt. I cared about the Rockets beating the Warriors last night. <laughs> um, gang, gang, Rockets one and one. I Let's am, get it. <laughs> I mean, you enjoy it while you can, I guess. I guess. I am, hey. I am, I'm going. I'm going. The to. Warriors are the Warriors, dude. You uh, know what I mean? I know, and I want to see them lose. Yeah, that's no. That's where I'm at. Where it's like, oh man. So I actually, uh, I this is actually this is really apt. So I because this, this basically the four teams left in the NBA playoffs: the Cavaliers, the Celtics, the Warriors, and the Rockets. Mm-hmm. And I've come to the conclusion that I'm rooting for the Rockets now. Cool. Um, oh, wow. I don't like Cleveland. As, as much as I love LeBron, I don't like Cleveland. Yeah. I'm I apparently am not into winning titles with <laughs> on teams. I'm not into winning titles by teams with no stars. So that means I'm not really rooting for Boston here. Hey, also, it's, also it's Boston. I'm not worried about Boston. <laughs> They'll be fine. Uh, and I'm not rooting for the Warriors. So it looks like I'm rooting for the Rockets the rest of the way, which is not what I expected to be doing. But that's fine. But I bring this up because, uh, you know, I don't have anything against any of the players on the Warriors. But I am definitely a guy who's not really about front runners, And I take great offense front runners. But yep. I heard this week, you guys might enjoy this, Malcolm Gladwell released uh, a debate that he did with some ethics professor uh, it, it's basically like a run-up to season three of his podcast, Revisionist History, which right. I enjoy. I'm sure once that season comes out, there will be things on there that I'm going to bring up because it's one of my favorite podcasts. But yeah. um, one of the things that came up during their conversation is the fact that Malcolm Gladwell roots for frontrunners. Of course he does. I could not agree more. Ugh. And But check this out. And roots for frontrunners, his logic is that is like the only like moral right way to be. And that is because I, this is this is his argument. This is his argument, which clearly I don't ascribe to because I can't, like, I'm, I find it abhorrent, right? right? But so here's his argument. It, it works better with the NCAA tournament. So let's say that you got a one seed and a 16 seed playing each other, right? Great. There is a 99% chance that the one seed beats the 16 seed. Mm-hmm. The one seed is supposed to be the 16 seed. The one seed has an expectation of being the 16 seed. The one seed is better than the 16 seed and should beat the 16 seed if they both play to the best of their ability. Um, and the one seed has more to lose by losing the game than the 16th seed does. The 16th seed loses the game, and they go, ah, would have been great to win, but we weren't supposed to win anyway. We're playing the one seed. The, the one seed loses, and it is like devastation, bloody murder, people calling for the coach to be fired, players or are crying. it's just a sport. Sorry, continue. Yeah, not, <laughs> not useful or like that... that this this argument predicates that you, you you accept that maybe people care about sports, okay, right? Sure, yeah. So let's work with that assumption. I'll, I'll work off that premise. Yeah, let's work off that premise. Um, and the converse is also true, where because the favorite is uh the, the the favorite is supposed to win, they put in the the work, the preparation, the talent to get to the top. Winning is much more a validation of like their process and their expectation of what they did, and so they enjoy that win much more than the 16 seed who would win. It would be like that was awesome, that was great, but also like a fluke wasn't supposed to happen, kind of happened out of nowhere. Oftentimes happens because the other team underperforms or the other person underperforms. Um, and, and he was like, for that reason, like I'm rooting for the favorite because they're the ones who are more acutely going to feel the satisfaction of the win. And they are more acutely going to feel the pain of the loss. Now, of course, the very obvious counter to that is, especially when you're talking about like team sports is no, you can make the exact opposite argument that, you know, if the, if the favorite is the one that wins all the time, 
them losing one more is is them them winning one fewer uh match it hurts a lot less than the other team that could really benefit from one win. Yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, you get teams yeah. that, yeah, you get teams that like get catapulted into like a whole new level of national conversation when they have unexpected runs, i.e., you know, Boise State, Wichita Oregon, State. Wichita State's another good one. Yeah. Where they, suddenly, where they suddenly have like a good run and they matter. Love you, like, Sarah Thompson. Yeah. And that matters a lot more than, you know, Duke or Carolina winning one more, or Kansas for that matter, winning one more title, right? Yeah. So, but so that was just like a definitely interesting thing that I was thinking about and caring about this week. I yeah. definitely don't agree with that. I'm, I'm, I'm for the underdog. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I would agree that there is something to the the piece of it though, where it's like, um, the underdog only wins if the favorite underperforms. Yeah. Uh, and that is like kind of unfortunate. Like, yeah. I, the best ones are where it's just like, no, the underdog just played amazing that day, and there's nothing you can do about it. Like, that's yeah. the best kind mm-hmm. of win, right? But so I don't know. That's what I care about. Is that week. did Malcolm Gladwell release that like on his podcast feed of for yeah, revisionist it's on history? on his podcast cool. feed. Yeah, where like it's not it's not a part of revisionist history, but it's sort of like it was legit, like kind of like you know. Season three coming soon. Until then, here's a little bit to like warm you up from this debate that we did the other day. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. It's cool stuff. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. How about you? What'd you care about? Destination wedding. I Who's? have for so many years been longing in my heart of hearts for the rom com renaissance. Movie. Okay. We used to make <laughs> I thought we were talking about so <laughs> many good it's yours. Congratulations. I booked you a venue. Uh no. Um <laughs> We used to make so many rom-coms. The, yes. Like, there was the 90s run that had, like, actual quality. It was, like, Nancy mm. Myers and Nora Ephron. There was the 2000s run that wasn't quality, but made up for it in quantity. <laughs> I don't need... Not everything has to be You've Got Mail. Sometimes you can combine Letters to Juliet and Leap Year to get me there. And But then, for some reason, after the, like, after... How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Maybe they just perfected the medium with that movie because it's such a great movie. But they, like, slowed down and stopped making rom-coms. And it was so sad to me because this is my coming of age in movies. This is where I, like, I can go to the theater by myself. My mom doesn't have to know what movie I'm seeing. And then they stopped making the kind of movie that my mom would be suspicious of that I could go see. You know? Your mom's suspicious of rom-coms? Well, you know, you're a Baptist parent. I think they pay you to be suspicious of movies. (laughs) that's very yeah that's pretty fair so last year kumail nanjiani and his wife emily v gordon wrote and made a rom-com about them their meeting and emily coming down with a weird disease that nobody knew what it was and holly hunter and ray romano are in it and ray romano's playing like the darkness inside ray romano which is the best role for him and it's just this like wonderful perfect romantic comedy that did well at the box office. It was like, maybe this is the start of the renaissance. Maybe we're going to get rom-coms again. Then I was like, ooh, Netflix has is like spending insane amounts of money on movies with questionable return on yes, that. Yeah. They're so I'm deep. In, I'm just enjoying the ride while it lasts. Yeah. Yeah. But if they're going to be like setting money on fire like that, I would love for one of those fires to be romantic comedies. Mm-hmm. Just, and then... Out of nowhere, Netflix was like, we're doing a romantic comedy starring Ali Wong. And I was like, that's awesome. They were like, we're doing one with Lakeith Stanfield and Gina Rodriguez. And I was like, I definitely want to see them fall in love. And then yesterday, our friend Vanessa sends me a trailer to a movie called Destination Wedding, which is and like I'm really excited about like the new blood in rom-coms, the like all the people I just listed, like I'm excited to see them. But 
this movie is a romantic comedy starring Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves, and it could not be more for me <laughs> if they tried. I just, Winona Ryder was Joe in Little Women. She, like, she was such a big part of my childhood from that movie that, like, who I want to be, wanted to be when I grow up and still do. And Keanu Reeves is, like, the boyfriend of my heart. Like, I love, the lake house is one of my favorite. Ugh, he's just John Wick. Like, Keanu can do it all. <laughs> and I, <laughs> you cannot, no point can anyone tell me Keanu Reeves is not a good actor. And as for rom-coms, Destination Wedding has me thinking they're back. I think they might be. Yeah. It'd be great. Do you I need it to be good? No. Okay. I don't need that from any romantic comedy. I need it to not be actively sexist. Well, that, 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 that's not, not all the sexist I part. Ask. That wasn't my question. I was yeah, just no, curious. no, no. When I'm you just... talk about the renaissance, it's like, do you need them to start making a bunch of good ones, or do you just want more? Do you want, just want them back? I just want them back because once the medium gets rolling, they can decide whether or not, hmm. you, you know, like, you'll get yeah. some good ones, you'll get some bad. Sure. Oh, Crazy Rich Asians is another one that mm. looks Shout like romantic comedy. That, that it's going to be great. Awkward. <sighs> Aquafina, she's gonna rule the box office this summer. It's gonna be great. Between Oceans Eight and yeah. Crazy Rich Asians, so that's what I care about this week. It could not be more different from what you care about. I'm gonna show you all the trailer after this. It's so good. Yeah, that really couldn't be more different. Yeah, um, like, <laughs> but I'm real happy yeah. for you. Yeah, all right. I'm very happy for you. This is the last you'll hear of us before we have JD after our names. Indeed. Oh, wow. It's about yeah. to be an Esquire oh. podcast. And I'm up in here. That's crazy. Yeah. You may yeah. call me Dr. Emily Evie because it's technically a Juris Doctorate. Yeah. yeah. Not technically. It's no, very it much is. a Juris that, Doctorate. Exactly it's is. a JD. Like. Yeah, but like nobody goes by doctor. Uh, Yeah, I agree. Like, it's weird. My experience has been that I don't know any lawyers who go by like doctor. I do know people who like to call lawyers in their family doctor. But yeah, and I hope my family will become that. one of those people. I, I, I actually don't want it. I don't want you to call me. Absolutely doctor. not. I'm like, you will not be calling me doctor. I'm just, I'm, you won't be I'm calling just the me guy me. with the piece of paper. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think we both know it is not just a piece of paper. It's a very expensive and hard one piece of paper. I'll be like, look, I, I, I'm just a guy who read a lot of books. No one's, no one's calling me doctor. I'm not, I'm not you read right for that. class? What a loser! You're not wrong. I'm a loser. I also did not. You're reading for class every time you're doing it wrong. A little bit, yeah. Just a little bit. I remember yeah. my dad told me that. He he didn't use like those words, but I remember like halfway through one all year because I was saying like, yeah, I'm just reading because you know my dad went to school, law school in like I don't know like ninety ninety one or something like that, and I remember he was like, yeah, you know one of the tricks of law school is you you learn and. And and you'll figure this out on your own time, and you and and I'm sure that you you'll sort this out, and everybody's drawing is a little bit different. But I I know one one of the things is you're gonna find out. Um, you gotta know what, what when to read. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I don't understand. <laughs> I was like, no, but but like that's yeah. You gotta yeah. out when to read. He was very right. Yeah, that's what one of the, I told one of the attorneys, my like mentor person yeah. at my firm last summer. I was like, yeah, I have a group of one L's that I'll be mentoring this year, and she was like, tell them not to read every time. Yeah. I was like. Not every time. I mean, figure out when the professor might call on you and definitely exactly. read then. Well, Ask. and also read enough and often enough that it doesn't get to like two weeks before the final and you're like, I don't know what class I'm in. Like that would also be bad, <laughs> yeah, you know. That's real bad. So Do you guys bad. have the nightmare where like there's a final that you didn't know you had and you either come 100%. late or you miss it or you go and you don't know anything on it? Uh not the last one, but like I think the missing it, yeah. Yeah. 
I think I've had that final. I think I've had that nightmare once. I've had that thought like many a time. Like yeah. there's definitely been moments where I'm like driving mm-hmm. and I'm like, what if I forgot about a final? <laughs> like that happened, but I, I think I've only had the actual dream like one time. I, yeah, I always get great. to the end of the semester and I'm like, what if I was in a class that I never went to? What if I accidentally signed up for something and I'm getting like a failing grade or an incomplete or something? I don't worry about that because I feel like I, I have to check like. I don't know, transcripts and stuff often enough. You it, get, it and would, almost every class gives you an email at some point. Yeah, you know it would take I mean? a yeah. lot to miss a class. Yeah, shows up on Canvas, yeah. you know. So, yeah. But hey, but, never, but again. never again. Never again, bro. That's never crazy. Again. Yeah. All right, well, that's it for us this week. Uh, thanks yeah. for tuning in. Yeah, thanks for joining mm-hmm. us. Uh, and we look forward to seeing you from the other side of our graduation from law school. Yeah. Um, Zach, you want to do the honors? No. <laughs> <laughs> and as always... <laughs> that is still the weirdest ending of all time. <laughs>